I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 33. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, I am just delighted to have my two friends, Brett and Aaron Kunkel, with me today. Uh, they are um, just someone I'm so excited for you all to meet, all of my listeners to meet. They have five children aging from 26 to nine and two grandchildren, which is so fun. Uh, Brett has a master's in philosophy of religion from Talbot there at um, Biola campus. And Erin is a graduate. They both are graduates of Biola University, my personal favorite school that I want all of you to send your children to, thus saith the Lord. Um, Erin was a daughter of a public school teacher, met the Lord as a senior in high school, was a teen mom, uh, met Brett at Biola where she was attending, and um, they have a wonderful love story, but that's not what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about something that I'm super uh, passionate about, and any of you have been to my seminars or have listened to all about homeschooling or any of the things I talk about, you'll notice that there's a topic that always comes up, and that is the topic of technology and media and um, screens and just basically how to navigate the crazy world that even in the last five years has changed, that every day is changing and things that even 20 years ago, we never dreamed in a million years of um, parents are dealing with, with their practically their toddlers. And so um, Brett and Aaron are the founders of a ministry called Maven. So welcome, you guys. Tell us about Maven. Well, <clears throat> we started Maven three years ago. Uh, actually, we celebrate our third birthday this week. Happy birthday. September, September 17th. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> we... Um, we saw a, a huge need to equip uh, not just students, but also the people who are discipling students, moms and dads, grandparents, Christian leaders, pastors, youth workers, Christian educators, and, and particularly how to equip our young people with a biblical worldview, with a Christian worldview, where uh, their faith isn't kind of you know, cordoned off in this little corner or in this little closet or, you know, in the background of life, but that they see how Christian truth relates to every single area of their life. And then it gets lived out. So really we wanted to help equip parents uh, to equip their kids <clears throat> with a, uh, a Christian worldview and a Christian life view because ideas have consequences. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, if, if all truth is God's truth, then it will permeate every area of life. It, it'll permeate, of course, what you do on Sunday at church, but also what you do on Monday at work yeah. and what you do Monday night for your entertainment and all of those things. Yeah. So that was kind of our passion with starting Maven. Yes. And what does Maven mean? Mm -hmm. So Maven is uh, actually a Yiddish word, but it means, so. it means someone who's an expert, someone who has knowledge, and then seeks to pass that on. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, whenever we are wearing our Maven shirts or hats, or if, if we meet Jewish people, they know what <laughs> Maven means, um, which I love. And, and yeah, so it, it means someone who, who has knowledge and wants to pass that on. Yeah, I love the name. 
And so uh, pre-COVID, what, what did normal look like for Maven? <laughs> we have three particular strategies uh, of our ministry. One is virtual training. And so we, we have resources on our website. We do live stream events. We do a, uh, the Maven Parent podcast. So we have different uh, you know, resources using kind of digital technologies. And then we do live events. So Aaron and I both uh, speak at uh, of different events and partner with other ministries and organizations. We also do our own live events. We have a, uh, a Maven student conference called True Story that we have done. We also have a annual Maven adult conference. It's just called the Maven conference that we do in Southern California uh, in February. So we have those two conferences. And then we also do uh, a, th a third strategy is what we call immersive experiences. And this is really geared towards uh, high school students yeah. and college students as well. And it's really trying to get all of our worldview teaching and training, our theology, our apologetics, all of that out of the classroom and into real life. And so we take students to places like Salt Lake City, Utah, where we put them in situations where they get to talk to real Mormons. We, uh, we go to Berkeley, California, and they, they engage in conversation with uh, atheists and skeptics. Yeah. And it's really a, a way to help them take this stuff that you know, we've, they've maybe heard in a classroom setting, but now really engage it in conversation, see how God's truth um, uh, you know, can actually be defended and how it makes sense and also how it's used in the service of the gospel, the, you know, the great commission. Yes. So, yeah. Ooh, wonderful. So your website is maventruth.com and your podcast is the Maven parent podcast. That's its actual title. So families can find it. So let's talk about the defining I think, issue of our day, which is technology, something that you both are very concerned about as well as I am. And tell me, how can we help families navigate the minefield that they're living in? Do you want to start? Because it's a messy <laughs> minefield. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to do it. Let's go take a nap. <laughs> I know. And actually, I, I was saying to you, Carol, even as, as parents, you know, our, we've journeyed in this because I was mentioning to you when our oldest daughter started asking for a cell phone, she was asking for a flip phone. Right. And when we tell our kids about our dating story, we talk about an ancient time where there was no such thing as a cell phone. That's and right. if you were going to meet someone, you had to be there. <laughs> so, so, you know, we've journeyed in this. So we went from the flip asking for the flip phone in junior high to now, you know, our nine-year-old has friends that have iPhones. So, yeah. so this is the quick pace that things have changed just as we're parents. And, and I'm of the mindset that I, I love my grandmothers. And I, I would always, when I had them with me, I would ask them for advice. This area of technology is just, we don't have another generation to say, how did you handle cell phones with your children? You know, so we're, we're kind of treading new territory here and, and that's scary. And, and so, yeah, our, our heart behind it is we're, we're with parents in this and we want to help navigate it. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all that to say, I think parents need to uh, need to give themselves grace on this one. 
because we're, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to figure this out as we as go. We go. Um, now, I think a, a, a helpful way to think maybe a starting, a starting point for us, which would be the starting point for all that we do, whether it's a new issue like technology or whether it's, it's parenting or whether it's education. I think the place for us as believers is the Christian worldview yes. and our, our theology, because our theology is our is it affects truth. everything. Yeah, it's the truth about reality. Yes. And so we start with our theology, the, the Christian worldview. And, and so what we need to do is we need to develop a theology of technology for believers. Because oftentimes we, we have these things in the culture that pose a challenge to us. And then what we do is we'll, we'll, we'll maybe just label them as bad or we will withdraw and uh, we, we, we can miss some really good insights and we can miss some really good things. So, so for instance, tech, is technology bad? Well, uh, there are certainly bad aspects of it, but fundamentally, I, I think we would say technology actually reflects our creator, right? The technology are simply the tools that we as human beings create. And why can we create those things? Because we're made in the image of God. We are sub creators under the great creator, and so technology like a smartphone or a laptop or, you know, a Zoom call or a podcast, these all are uh, amazing reflections that we are made in God's image. And we have all these creative capacities and abilities that help make the world better, that build human civilization, that communicate God's truth. And I say that at the start because I think so often we as parents will We'll come in and we're well-intentioned and we're concerned about our kids. We're concerned about them texting or being on social media. And we will then com communicate like this is bad, bad, bad. And, and, and I think maybe we should start with our theology and actually say, wow, technology is a wonderful reflection <laughs> of our creator. Yes. And help. And by doing that, we will help our kids begin to integrate their faith with something like technology, where I guarantee you, if you ask most kids, hey, what does your faith have to do with your, you know, your smartphone? They'll sit there and stare at you, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and so these are the ways that we want to help them see, hey, your, your smartphone, your social media use, this isn't divorced from your faith in Christ. Yes. So we start with our, 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 our theology That's and we look, you know, we, we start with Genesis 1, you know, 26, 27. Uh, and, and you can even go deeper in that, not just that we're made in the image of God, but then the first command is to subdue the earth and rule over it. Mm. And our taking of natural resources mm -hmm. uh, and then creating things like computers and smartphones, that, that, that that's human beings following this cultural mandate that God has given us. So there's a, there's a beautiful part of this. Of course, then we get to Genesis 3, and Genesis 3 is where things go wrong, and we have to talk about that as well. But I think what we do when we do that is, you know, point to the, the image of God and the fallenness of man, point to our theology. It helps then lay the foundation for how to view this thing, whatever piece of technology it might be. Yeah, that's really, really helpful because we can get into demonizing things and, and then we miss that it's just a neutral thing. 
it's what we do with it, whether it's used for good or for evil. So that's a great point. I love that. So Brett and Erin, I'd love you to give me, I know you just did a conference called Navigating a World of Screens. And I would love you to give us kind of the Reader's Digest version of what you shared. And then we're going to link on our notes how families can order the, the whole tamale if they would, I hope they will um, do that. But can you just kind of give us some basic principles and tools today? Well, let's, I think a good place to start would be uh, with the idea of kind of technology being uh, immoral or moral or amoral. Yeah. I think this is what you were getting at, um, Carol, is technology itself, a smartphone, that for me to own one or to use one isn't uh, moral or immoral in and of itself. It's, it's amoral. Yes. Right. It's it's uh, it's then what you take and you do with it that uh, brings kind of those categories in. But sometimes I think we as Christians have a uh, we, we don't have broad enough categories or we don't have enough categories to think about these things, because I think even though this smartphone that my kid is is holding in their hand, even though it, it's not immoral for them to have it. Yes. We also want to think, well, OK, but as they use that thing, does that thing have the power to shape them yes. just by using it? And that's where uh, we might want to think about the categories of, uh, you know, movement or, or, or uh, the, the, the word neutral. Um, if you think about a car, a car has a drive gear, so it's going to move forward. It also has a reverse gear, so it's going to go backwards. It, and then you can put it in neutral and it stands still. Mm -hmm. And I would say technology doesn't have a neutral gear. It's always moving and therefore it's always pushing us in a direction. Mm. So for a, a, a kid, I mean, and I think the best way to do this is kind of illustrate this. For a kid, think about a kid 30 years ago and a kid today and how they primarily would watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Right? They would, uh, 30 years ago, you'd go to a movie theater You'd go with other people, it was a mm -hmm. public kind of event. There would be not only the people you know, your friends or your family, but then there would be people in the movie theater. There's a screen. So then this movie is played uh, publicly for all to see. There's a shared experience between the people who are watching it together. You'd yeah. leave the theater. You might go to dinner or go get ice cream or on the drive home, you talk about it, right? So there's this kind of shared experience, but yeah. a public viewing, there's, there's some relationship built into that. Now, fast forward to today and how do a lot of kids primarily watch movies or videos or TV shows, right? With AirPods in or headphones on, on a screen by themselves. So there's no longer any shared experience it's isolating them. Mm -hmm. They're watching it completely by themselves. So no shared experience, no kind of fellowship in that, no relationship, re relational component. Uh, there's a, lo uh, a loss of accountability, right? You might watch something on your phone in the privacy of your bedroom that you wouldn't watch if you knew there were 50 other people watching it with you. Or if your right? parents were watching it with you. Yeah, or your parents were watching it with you. So right there, so it shows the change in technology, both for the purpose of viewing a movie, yes. uh, the change in technology is not neutral yes. and it can nudge, it nudges 
us in different directions. And, and so it's, uh, it could nudge us in dangerous directions. So now you've got kids who are isolated, who are, are doing things on, you know, they're alone really watching that versus, you know, in, in, in fellowship with other, other human beings. So all that to say is we as Christians have got to think about those categories as well, not just good, bad, but also, okay, how do things shape us? What's the nature of technology? How does it shape us just by our very use of it? Mm. And so we can look at, you know, you can look at studies that are, are, are done on, on young children and brain development. Yes. And why for very young children, the best thing you can do is keep technology away from them, you know, and those kind of things. I think yeah, Talk about that, Brett, because that is, Erin um, and I were just talking about the book, uh, Glow Kids, and um, Nicholas Carderas, uh, PhD, talks about the effect of technology and screens and what it is doing to the actual developing brain of children and adults as well, that it's even affecting adult brains, but particularly children's brains. Talk about that, please. Yeah. Well, do you, do you want to wait? Yeah. Well, yeah. I was. I was just gonna say. Yeah. I think. And and this is the scary thing that as parents we shouldn't shy away from r really researching this this research because we are again it's changed so quickly and so you're see, you're in Costco you're in Target and you see the little one in the stroller holding their own iPad. And yes. we, even as adults begin, this begins to become normal and, yeah. and we don't want it to become normal at least without doing some research and knowing what it is doing to our kids' minds. There are, there are a lot of good resources. Glow Kids is one of them. Um, there's uh, Screens and Teens by Kathy Cook. She talks about uh, what, what it does. Um, Neil Postman's book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, yeah. is yeah. a great resource. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so the, the research is out there. And then, yeah, Brett, did you want to? Well, yeah, I, th I think just, uh, you know, with, without being a scientist or a medical researcher, parents <laughs> yeah. can just understand some basic concepts, yeah. Yeah. like the, um, the idea of, of dopamine in the brain, right? Mm. So this is the, the um, a, a, the brain's neurotransmitter. It's, it's kind of a reward system. It is a reward system so that uh, it, it, it can bring about, you know, uh, feelings of, of pleasure when you get a shot of dopamine to the brain. And so technology, uh, 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 you know, the, 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 the brain will reward uh, the, the, the body with a shot of dopamine when let's say a kid is on social media and they've posted something and then they're getting likes on a particular yeah. post. Yes. And so what that does is that reward, you constantly come back for that reward. So this is why kids will put, put uh, up a post and then they'll check it two minutes later and then they'll check it two minutes later again and yes. they'll check it 60 times in the next hour because you know they're, they're, they're getting rewarded on the brain. And, and so what this then can create in kids is addiction. Yes. And screen addiction is a very real thing. Most kids will admit, at least my experience with talking to high school students and college students and junior hires is that when I ask them, hey, do you think you are somewhat addicted to your screen? 
most of them, if I'm in a classroom or whatever, or a conference, or most of them will admit, yes, I, I think that I have some addiction to a screen. Yeah. And then when I ask them, well, okay, how many of you are willing to take the next step and do something about it? That's when <laughs> I, I see the resistance, like, no, I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, and part of it is because they have, there's this, you know, reward system that is giving them physical reward. And so there's, there's a, an addiction that, that, that builds up in that. Yes. And, um, you know, and of course, the earlier you start this, the, the, um, the deeper those grooves kind of in the brain get those path, those neural pathways. And, uh, and, and so then it, 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 makes it much more difficult for a kid who starts at a very early age to overcome those kind of habits. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that's why one of the best recommendations for parents of young children is to keep them off the screen, which is very difficult in a culture where every kid around you is on a screen or the, you know, you're in a grocery store and your kids freaking out and people are looking at you and you just want to hand them a screen so that they'll stop talking or, you know, stop crying. Right. And that kind of stuff, um, I get it. I get it. It, it, it. It's 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 easier to hand your kid the the smartphone when they're crying in the back seat of the car when you're driving home, just so you can get a minute apiece. Yes. Um, and again, every time we do that, it's not wrong to do that. There might be times where that's appropriate, but we have to watch that we're not getting in patterns ourselves as adults that are going to develop pa uh, patterns, unhealthy patterns in our, in our kids yes, and <clears throat> develop an appetite in them for a technology before they're ready to navigate it yes. because technology is omnipresent. Are you new to homeschooling and feeling overwhelmed? Do you need a shot of encouragement to help you focus on what matters most? I created a brand new resource for you. It's called homeschool simple and safe. In this two-hour seminar, I'll give you the framework to understand my literature-based approach to education and the basic tools to get started, whether your child is in kindergarten, 12th grade, or anywhere in between. In Homeschool Simple and Safe, I share an educational philosophy to build upon, practical tips for success, what homeschooling is not, and the nuts and bolts of a typical homeschool day. For only $45, you receive a downloadable video recording of the seminar and a four-page handout that lists recommended books and curriculum relevant to all ages and grade levels. Both of these resources are yours indefinitely. You always have access to them. Let's start this homeschooling journey together. To get access to Homeschool Simple and Safe, visit my online store or click the link below. Now back. To the show. The American Association of Pediatricians, um, which I don't consider a particularly radical crowd, I mean they're pretty you know mainstream, they said don't let your toddlers even in the same room with a screen that is on, not even in the same room. And so it tells me, and, and, and what they base this upon is the neurological studies that have come out in the last 20 years. Uh, people like Dr. Jane Healy, who wrote a book called Endangered Minds. And she talks about just what you're talking about, you know, the, the actual neurological brain patterning that's happening in our children by a screen that is completely different than relational 
patterning that comes through bonding and attachment, which um, we just did a podcast with Catherine Rock on this subject. And it's the complete, absolute opposite. Do you want your children bonded to a screen or do you want them bonded to a human being, you as a, as a family? And so, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the hill to die on. And who said that we're going to be politically correct or we're going to be normal or we're going to be average? Um, all of us in the homeschool community, we already died on that hill long ago. Like, you know, we're not going to be normal. We're not going to have comfortable Thanksgiving dinners with our families. It's always going to be, are you still doing that weird thing? You know, so we're used to paddling against the tide. This to me is the, it, what I say in my seminars is this is the number one issue. If you deal with this issue, I feel like you have a much better shot at your children being smart and godly. Those two things, which every parent really, when it comes down to it, that's what we want. We want our kids to be godly, number one. And then once they're godly, we want them to be smart. And to me, if you want them to love books, they've got, you've got to break this, this connection with media particularly in the formative ages. Yeah. And I, I think what you're tapping into is, is what we, one thing we tell parents is, is this idea that we want to communicate to our kids from an early age that we are different as followers of Christ. We are different and our lives ought to reflect that. And so the one thing with technology is just communicating with our kids openly and often, we are different. So we will not be watching TV every night like our neighbors, our beloved neighbors do, you know, or we will not be getting through a Costco trip with you on mommy's phone. We are different. And, and I think when we do that at early ages, it, it is helpful now, if we've, we've already started down the road and maybe we realize, okay, we, we've created some bad habits, I think it's never too late to say to the kids, you know what, I realized we've created some bad habits and, and we're going to stop because we're the parents, we have wisdom and, and our kids need us to learn from our mistakes, to communicate humbly about it. And to say, we're, we're going to change. We're going to be different. So when we go on vacation, and this is something, you know, our family does, we take a break from, and you know, and that includes daddy too and work and the computer, you know, it, we take a break from technology, whether it's a week or a few days or whatever. And, um, and, and just that alone can change the culture of your family. Wow. Um, in, in just saying all the time, we're going to be different. It's okay. We follow Jesus. And, and so we think about these things deeply. Yeah. It's important for us as parents to narrate that for our kids on a regular basis to help them see like when they come home and say, Oh, Hey, uh, you know, Johnny wants to go play on the Wii or what wants me to go, you know, go do this or do that. And for us to constantly remind our kids, well, okay, we, but our family's different and to talk about that, or like sometimes we'll be, we'll be sitting somewhere. One of our family rules is that whenever we're eating a meal together or sharing food together, that all technology is, is put away. Like cell phone, you know, smartphone doesn't come out on the table or whatever. And, but then we'll narrate for them what's going on around us where, and not in a judgmental way, but you see that family where mom, dad, 
and the, all the siblings sit down and then they all get on their screens and then it just cuts them off from one another and they lose that valuable, those valuable moments to build relationship and to get to know each other and to love on each other that way. And, and so we narrate that for our kids and say, hey, there's a family, look, look, look what they're doing. And again, not judgmentally, but just to help our kids develop eyes to see this stuff all around them and, so that they'll resist it. And family and pride in our family culture. Yeah. Like um, Dr. Sears, um, his boys, and he wrote a book and they talk about like, our family doesn't eat foods with numbers in the ingredients or with, um, you know, they have words we can't pronounce. Our family doesn't go down that aisle in the supermarket. Our family, like it's a pride in a, in a positive way instead of, no, we don't get to eat that. No, we, we're not allowed to eat Hostess cupcakes, rats. Instead of that, it's like, no, we don't, we don't eat that because we eat blueberries and raspberries and, you know, kiwi fruit and like positive things. And so our family doesn't do that because daddy wants to talk to you. He wants to hear about your day. He hasn't seen you all day and said, no, you're not allowed to. Or even having a basket at your front door when your friends, kids, you know, the kids come in and you're like, okay, everybody, cell phones off in the basket. That's family rules, family yeah. culture. And, and kids are proud of being different if you couch it in the right way. Yeah, wow, that's so important, Carol. I think what you're getting at there is communicating not just the no, but the yes. Ooh, I love right? it, yeah. And yeah. so we will say no to screens in your bedroom, no mm -hmm. to screens after 10 p.m., yeah. no to you know hours of social media, whatever it might be, yeah. but there's always a corresponding yes. Mm -hmm. I want you to say no to this because I want you to say yes to something better. Yeah. And so that's exactly what you're, you're saying uh, there. And, and that, but that's where we as Christian parents, I think we need to get better at, at doing that because yes. it's so easy to just say no, 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 no. Right. But we don't communicate also because, the, because sitting around having rich conversation and being involved in each other's lives and knowing the intimate details of each other's lives is so much better than scrolling through social media. That is you know? so helpful. All right. You know what? Believe it or not, we are out of time, but if you don't mind, we're going to keep recording and we're going to do another podcast. Okay. So let's close this one out because I am feeling the love here, but then we're going to come right back and uh, keep recording. So thank you for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, Carol Joy Side, to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.